Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's cool fact of the day comes from 1966. The Journal of Lipid Research published an article that I referenced in a couple of my books. And it was a really cool study because they looked at institutionalized men and they said, we're just going to change their diet for five years. And they'll all sign up voluntarily for this. Uh, and we'll have pretty good control over what they eat and what they don't eat, which is, which is pretty cool and something that you really couldn't get away with today. And what they found, amongst other things, um, was that it takes about 680 days to replace half the fats in your body. So we're talking about the turnover of cell membrane lipids. And as you'll recall from... Uh, lots of different books from blog posts and from different episodes of this, your mitochondria are made of little tiny droplets of fat. The outer layers are, and the, your cell membranes themselves are that way. And the bacteria in your gut, of course, have an influence on that as well. Because a different study, much more recent than the one in 1966, found an amazing thing. They looked at the type of fat that lines your arteries if you have cardiovascular disease. And lo and behold, it's not the kind of fat that comes from food, whether you're one of those corn oil addicts or whether you prefer your egg yolks and grass-fed butter. What they found was that that type of fat that builds up is exclusively made by bacteria in the gut. Now, when you talk to a vegan apologist, what you'll find is they'll say, well, that's just one study. It shouldn't be believed, uh, which is scientific nonsense. Uh, there's another famous scientist who once said, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, which is completely a religious, non-scientific statement. Any claim requires exactly the same level of scientific evidence as any other claim. Otherwise, it's not science. It's bias. So what's going on here is that what's growing in your gut and what you put in your mouth and to a certain extent what you put in your environment that controls what you put in your gut has a really profound effect on the very makeup of your tissues, but you won't see it over the course of a month, over the course of, oh, the three months that they might run a clinical trial on drugs. You might not even see it in a year. You might see 50% of what you're capable of in four years. And since we're talking about turnover of tissues in the body, guess what the collagen half-life in your body is? And you're talking to the guy who made collagen a cool thing. That's why collagen is a category at Whole Foods right now is because of the bulletproof focus on collagen for years as being really important. That half-life is seven years. What that means, I've been doing bulletproof collagen for 10 years. I've been consuming grass-fed collagen for that amount of time. I've only made half my collagen <laughs> new when I'm on a high adequate collagen diet. So what's, what am I going to look like in another seven years when I'm 75% new collagen? I don't know, but I hope I look like I'm 18. So on that note, look at the half-life of turnover of various stuff in your body. We've known some things for a long time, but you don't hear about that on the typical podcast. It takes time. And if you say, oh, I'm just going to cheat on weekends, I'll have that cheat, cheat day, all bets are off. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD+, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. 
The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Today's guest is a, a dear friend, uh, an advisor, a mentor, uh, and someone who is really working hard to change the world on multiple fronts. A multi-guest on the show, author of a book, and CEO of a company called Viome that you know I'm a big fan of. I'm talking about none other than Naveen Jain. Naveen, welcome to the show. Well, Dave, it's always an honor and a pleasure to be on your show. And no wonder I keep coming back. <laughs> you know, I always worry, what if people get tired of hearing from Naveen? But I look at the comments on on the blog and what people say is, I love hearing from Naveen. So I'm always inspired just from our normal weekly conversations. But there's some new science around what's going on in the gut that you've worked to uncover. And some listeners probably haven't heard of Viome. I'm going to briefly describe it. And we're going to get into some new science about how people can change their gut bacteria and know what's going on. Sure. So if you don't know about Viome, it is a new company that uses... A huge amount. You have to stop saying new company. I guess you're not that new. What are you, three years old? Yeah. Three years old is still new. Bulletproof is seven. And people call it it a new company. Come on. It's a baby company. Of course, it's your seventh company that's on its way to growing in a big way. So it's a young company. Uh, And I've been searching for 20 years for a way to understand what is going on in my gut. Like, why do I get love handles one day, not the next day? Uh, and I have gone to great lengths, Naveen. In fact, I n- I've probably never told you this. In about 1998, I swallowed an electrical stimulation device I ordered from Russia. It had just printing in Russian stuff on it. It was the size of a really large pill. And it had it was made out of metal and had two different electrodes. And once it detects water, it turns on. And it keeps shocking your gut every five seconds until you pass it, maybe a day or so later. So I, I took this thing, and it's supposed to increase the strength of the walls of your gut and increase something called peristalsis, right? So it's it's in there, and we're all right, this is weird. Every five seconds, I get a little twinge. And then when it's somewhere on my left, whatever, it's right against the nerve on the front of my hip flexor. So I'm sitting there in a meeting, and it hurts. And every five seconds, I'm kicking, like my left leg just goes straight up in the air over and over. Like, how do you explain this to people in the world of cloud computing when you're just randomly kicking like that? It was like a, a physical form of Tourette's. And 
Uh, fortunately, I jumped up and down and laid on my side, uh, and uh, I managed to make it move. But that was not how to hack my gut. So what did Viome do? What Viome does is they use technology from Los Alamos National Laboratories that was designed for rapid detection of biowarfare agents. And as people who knew me 20 years ago, depending on what I ate, you could classify me as a source of biowarfare agents. And uh, this is one of the many problems that that I had going on with my digestive tract. So Viome says, well, let's find out what's going on in there for real. And this is the first company, the holy grail, I've been looking for 20 years or something like this, uh, the first company to be able to say, here's not just this broad spectrum uh, here's the species or whatever. It's going down to very specifics of what species of fungus, bacteria, virus, phage, I'm everything gonna in to, the I'm gut. I'm going to have to correct you. It's not a species. I'm not done yet. It's strains. Uh, and I'm not what, done yet. Okay. <laughs> every species and every strain, which is really important. And, and this is the big thing, every activity they're doing. So at the end of the day, really, you might not care about the species because it doesn't give you enough. You might not care that much about the strain. It's what is the strain doing metabolically that is messing with, as we just learned from the cool fact of the day, messing with what plaque is doing in your body, messing with this inflammatory compound called TMAO. If you have bad bacteria because you eat industrial processed meat, meat can be bad for you. If you don't have those bacteria, by the way, Naveen, thank you. You confirmed I don't have TMAO bacteria. Um, that means when you eat meat, it's actually going to be beneficial for you. Well, who would have thought that it all came down to these little guys and no one knew what they did until you did it and you have this elegant way of saying, no startup on earth, even one that you would start, has the ability to do a 2 billion R&D for 20 years, but the government did. So let's take that and make it useful for us. So I think Viome is a big act of service. When you see what's going on in your gut, you realize, oh, what if it's this one thing I'm eating that feeds the bad guys and I could just take that out? So I'm, I've am i used the data from Viome to recognize I had 46 different species of bacteria in the gut and I took some prebiotics I formulated for Bulletproof called Interfuel and in a couple months, I was able to get it up to 196 species in my gut. Newsflash, wow. uh, anti-aging studies, my new book uh, talks about this. You want more species, a diverse set of species to live a lot longer Older people have fewer species and more toxic species. It's hackable, but you have the data. No one else does, Naveen. So that's a long explanation for it, but that's why this is so cool. Did I get it right? You got it very right. I mean, the interesting thing is that it's not about having the right answer. It's about asking the right question. So interestingly, uh, before I started this company, I read thousands of research papers, and it became clear to me that things that we call these chronic diseases, they are nothing but the symptoms of the same thing called low-grade chronic inflammation, and that actually primarily comes from your gut organism, the the organisms in your gut. What's interesting is when you learn that fact and saying that your gut microbiome is responsible for all of these different uh, chronic diseases, we call them Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and autism and depression and anxiety. We call them obesity and diabetes and autoimmune diseases and cancer and heart diseases but they ultimately comes down to the microbiome. And when I read that, I'm thinking, that's a problem because that's now in a known fact. Anytime you look at something that is, you can learn in three months, you know, everybody knows this now. And there are a bunch of microbiome companies that are doing microbiome tests here. So I must be the dumbest guy 
thinking that I can do something that is going to be unique and different when it's already known quantity and people are doing it. And then it occurred to me that all these guys were asking the wrong question. The question they were asking was, what species, what organisms are in the gut? And they thought once they understood that, the problem will get solved. And I went and looked and said, that's the wrong question. The right question to ask is, what are these organisms producing? Because body doesn't care who is doing it. What they care about is what is being done to it. And if you can figure out what these organisms are producing that's being absorbed in the human body, we will be able to actually do something about it. Because okay. then it becomes math and chemistry. Once you know the biochemical activities, the chemicals that are there, you can adjust those chemicals. Math is simply about using AI to understand what to modulate. So it's, That's easy. It's sort of like it, if you had a, a shopping mall. Yeah. You say, we have a problem with, with theft. You say, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to quantify everyone who walks in the door, and we're going to understand where all these people are from. We're going to know how many people with what percentage of their DNA are from India <laughs> versus Northern European ancestry versus all these things. And look, we totally know the mix of every person coming into our mall. You might want to know which of them are stealing yeah. because it actually isn't correlated. Yeah. And then say, okay, what's that? Oh, the people who are in a gang are, are the ones who are stealing or whatever yeah. the yeah. thing is, right? Um, so what we've, we have a history of doing is we measure what's easy to measure yeah. and then decide that must be the problem. Cholesterol being the number one. Oh, yeah, we can measure that easily because it's a yellow layer when we spin blood. Therefore, it must be at, at fault because we can measure. But they didn't know what an inflammatory cytokine was, for instance. They, they didn't know any of the stuff we know today. They couldn't even spell mitochondria when they learned how to spell cholesterol, right? Uh, because they hadn't been identified yet. So uh, all of this stuff, we, we keep going down even back then. Like, like somehow we were distinct from our bacteria. You broke that rule. You asked the right question. What is the behavior of these things like this? What is the most surprising thing that you've found at Viome so far? Because oh, before you do that, how many data points, how many tests have you conducted so yeah. far if that's so, public? So we have now over 100,000. But here's <laughs> the interesting part. We are now adding ten to 20,000 new people every single month. Right? Wow. And what's really allowing us to do is to learn about the human body at a level unprecedented, unprecedented, right? Okay. And the things we are learning are absolutely rewriting the books of what we thought was possible. So we always divided the food into, you know, there is carbs and there are protein, there is fat. There's a useless breakdown. Right? But here's a very interesting thing. What we learn is these organisms in your gut are able to try, you know, take one set of molecules and chemically transfer them into completely different molecules. For example, they can take starch, convert them into branched-chain amino acids. Who would have ever thunk that you could take a carb and turn them into precursor to protein? I mean, that's just completely mind-boggling, right? The other fact that we learned was that we always thought the hormones like estrogen or testosterone are produced by the human body. Little that we know that these little critters are actually producing testosterone and estrogen. Wait, so I knew mitochondria directly produce those, which are ancient bacteria yeah. incorporated in our cells. In addition That's to my point. <laughs> your adrenal glands do yeah. it. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. And then, of course, your gonads do that. Yeah. But in women, it's actually just the adrenals. Um, ovaries don't make testosterone. But does that mean you could formulate a probiotic that raises testosterone? Oh, not. So it's, interestingly, I want to just I take the that. myth away from the idea of organisms, right? 
So it's not about a single organism doing something or set, you know, it's about effect. it's about the network effect. And I don't think people understand. Yeah. It's the ecosystem. It's not the good versus the bad. It is a good ecosystem versus the bad ecosystem. And what is, I think, very interesting is same organisms can produce, it metabolize one thing and synthesize one thing when it's all by itself. And it changes its behavior when you put it part of the ecosystem. <laughs> it produces something totally different and it actually metabolizes something totally yeah, different. Naveen, you, you can't say that. If you do that, you're going to upend the entire drug industry, which is based on testing a single variable and removing everything else. And you're saying that life is dependent on more than one variable at the same time? <laughs> well, they, I mean, I, you're being really sarcastic here because you and I both <laughs> read the same research that came out last week. But here's very interesting research, right? They looked at the drugs. And they say, you know, these drugs are FDA approved. And they give the same drug to everyone. And it turns out whether the drug works or does not work depends on your gut microbiome because when you pop that pill, what happens to it? It goes to your gut and yeah. these organisms can take one molecule and actually turn them into totally different molecule. It can be actually toxic and may be harmful to you or it can detoxify, it makes it ineffective or it can amplify it and kill you. <laughs> What this means is that every single double-blind, placebo-controlled study on Earth where they've said in big letters, we controlled <laughs> yeah. for all variables, it's BS. They did not control for the bacterial composition of the stomach, and now we have 100,000 different samples saying, hey, guys, that sort of mattered. Well, not matters. That's an interesting point. They controlled... So if you look at the human body, right? Our human DNA produces about 20,000 genes, right? Are these gut organisms, which are 40 trillion of them. So they didn't miss one or two here. 40 trillion of them, they produce about 3 million genes. That means at most, we are 1% human. 99, more than 99% of all that stuff is actually these gut organisms. So when they say we kind of controlled it, they missed 99% of the human body. <laughs> it's not kind of controlled. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they also, when they were doing the animal studies, they didn't look at what was in the mouse poop. Uh, they also forgot this little fact that it turns out the way mice behave, yep. even the hormones they secrete, changes radically based on whether a woman feeds them versus a man. Oops. Yeah, well, it's, it's, I think it's very interesting that, you know, they somehow believe that what happens for rats happen for a human. And I know many women think the men are just rats, and some are, probably are, but not all men are rats, right? And that's that's a fair point. And, and there are some metabolic similarities even between yeast and rats and people and all. And, and it's good for directional understanding, but it, it's complex enough that it yeah. requires artificial intelligence and machine learning and big data and huge sample sizes, which is something that drug companies don't typically get and something that we're never going to get when it comes to uh, nutritional composition, like like to sample what does what, what the country eat? You get these junk studies like the DASH study and all these studies of, I don't know, we ask these people once a month to remember what they ate the month before and tell us, and then we're going to tell the world how to eat based on that. And it's all rubbish like there's no good science if the data you're basing on is no good but what you've done with bio now is you're saying well here's some real data and one of the reasons i want to have you on the show was just to talk about with that amount of data yeah. 
tell me what you learned about what bacteria do for blood sugar specifically. Oh my God. So it's very, very interesting. This is a recent research that we published. It's amazing. So people talk about the food really being having a glycemic response, right? Oh my God, I ate bread and it's going to have an effect. What we learned was it's not the just the food, but actually what your microbes do with that. And we saw two people eating exactly the same wheat bread. And one of them would glycemic response will shoot through the roof, other one barely moves. Mm-hmm. And the same two people may have a completely different response to almonds. Even though we have these something called average glycemic response. Newsflash, no human being is average, right? They all are very different. The, uh, so point is, the glycemic response, what we learned was just by analyzing your gut, very precisely your poop, we never touch the blood, but we can predict with 90% accuracy the response of that glucose in your blood just by looking at your gut. You can predict the response for any of the normal foods that you have in your study. That's right. So you can 27,000 different foods. <laughs> so, so you can basically say, based on what's in your gut today, yes. and that may shift over time of if, course. if you eat the right stuff, that these foods are going to cause a blood sugar spike and crash yeah. for you only. Yes. And that is really fascinating because if you were to go back even just 10 years ago, uh, right before I I started writing for Bulletproof, there were a huge number of doctors out there who would say that did not happen to your blood sugar because it can't happen because we know the glycemic response. And you're saying, but I stick my finger and the science tells me that I do this and it happens over and over and over. Therefore, that's real. And they say, it's not real. It can't be. It's all in your mind. And you're like, ah, but now you're saying it's all in your gut. But here's very interesting. Uh, Another thing, the cool fact that you talk about. Yesterday, they published a study, which I think people are going to now completely look at the world differently. Everyone believed the baby inside the mother's womb is in the sterile environment, (laughs) right? (laughs) It turns out. They looked at the people who went through without any water breakage. The, uh, they had to go through emergency C-section. Mm-hmm. And they looked at the amniotic fluid, placenta, and the baby's marcoium. And it turns out every one of them had the bacterial organism. That means even the baby inside the mother's womb is exposed to the mother's microbiome. And then the second study was published how mother's microbiome during pregnancy impacts the child not just for autism but also many of these chronic diseases. So imagine that. They found, which was another interesting fact that you will learn is mother's breast milk is completely different whether it is pumped or actually directly being fed to the baby. And and what's the difference there? So difference actually is that how uh, the, when baby is actually directly uh, drinking the milk, not only the mother's, uh, the skin microbiome obviously is impacted, but also the way during the sucking, the, how the oral microbiome actually gets into digested into the uh, gut, right? And it's versus the pumped milk when you're drinking it from the uh, bottle. I have come to believe that we are essentially walking either petri dishes or bags of compost. Uh, and, and the reason for that is, in part, what yeah. you just said. The other one is another study just came out, when, and they can finally look in, in living cells yeah. with high-resolution microscopes. And we haven't been able to do this since sometime in the 20s. There was a guy who figured out how to do it, and then uh, surprisingly... 
what's his name? Uh, Morris Fishburne, if I remember right, the, the founder of the American Medical Association, went and destroyed all five microscopes that could do that when he couldn't buy them. A true story, by the way. You can Google that. Uh, if it's on Google, it's obviously true. <laughs> anyway, um, what I, I, di- I digress there. But what they're finding now in the latest studies on the brain is they're saying, oh, my God, in healthy people, there are bacteria inside the blood-brain barrier doing stuff in cells. And we never noticed them before, but we think they might matter. (laughs) It's a brain microbiome. Yeah. And here's an interesting one. Most people thought even our immune system actually stops at the blood-brain barrier. Now they found the immune system all the way to the brain. The lymphatic system, yeah. Lymphatic system. And also the communication between the bacterial organisms in the gut to the brain. You know, interesting part. Here's the interesting part. What happens in the gut doesn't stay in the gut. When you are anxious, you get the butterflies in the stomach. When you're depressed, what do you do? You eat or you don't eat. Why is it the digestive system is actually impacting the brain? It may turn out that as you mentioned, that we may be just a wonderful, beautiful container for these microorganisms for us to spread them around by pooping everywhere, which is literally why they may have created us. And they control our mood, our behavior, and our craving, which I found to be personally just amazing. I would have, I used to crave the desert after every meal because to me it was exclamation mark, my meal is done. I've seen you eat ice cream, Naveen. Yeah, but here's the interesting part. After I gave up for three weeks, just willpower, yeah. I just don't crave it anymore. Yeah. I don't need it. So what is it that happened? After first three weeks was the willpower. After three weeks, I killed those bastards who were making me crave that. Yep. Don't crave them anymore. Don't care anymore, right? So my point is, little that we know, they're controlling every part of our body. They are the puppet masters. And one day we're going to realize that, you know, this. I'm going to digress for a second here. We talked about, you know, humans having a soul, right? And that's something that's eternal. And when we die, the soul goes away. I wonder if they were really talking about microbiome. So you're saying your soul is made of poop? But this, more or less, the microbiome <laughs> move from one host to another host. Yeah. And the soul just simply merges into the nature and finds a new host, right? Uh, I, I believe the origins of consciousness are bacterial in, in humans, unquestionably. But, the, the ego itself is a function of mitochondria. Mitochondria, bacteria, bacteria talk to each other. The gut, that's gut lit- bacteria talk to them. That's that how we work. So microbiome, mitochondria communicating. The microbiome, literally every everywhere in our body, is communicating with the bacterial organism. They were there three and a half billion years ago. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of time to think, a lot of time to evolve. The humans are only a couple of hundred thousand years old. We are still learning to communicate among ourselves. And I, I've definitely said this on stage and probably on, on air, but look, <laughs> two billion years ago when multi-celled organisms came around, well, our, we like to say, well, we harnessed the bacteria. And the bacteria <laughs> sitting there going, no, nah, no. Nah. We found these these floating Petri dishes. We moved in and look at all the stuff we built on top of that platform. Yeah. And they're still in charge today. And and you know, people who say, that can't be. I, I, you know, My sense of self just got harmed. I'm like, look, look at what you do with most of your time. Yeah. You run away from scary things, eat everything, and have sex with everything else. That's what bacteria do. Like You're a walking bacterial reproduction system. And, and being a farmer, Naveen, has taught me so much because soil yep. is essentially what our, our, yep. our poop is. Yep. Right? It's our yep. internal soil. Mm-hmm. Since we don't have roots in the ground, sure. we have to carry some around yep. with us. Well, I have sheep. 
And it's really interesting. I also have pigs. So sheep walk around and they just poop like machines. Yeah. They do not care where they poop. They poop everywhere evenly. Yep. And their job is to repopulate the soil with healthy bacteria. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, everything grows abundantly. It's, and they it's eat incredible. that. Yeah, they eat that. Well, they're vegans. So now the pigs, which are omnivorous, they're like, uh, I'm going to poop in the corner over here. And they'll roll in the mud and they'll you know step in their food and all that kind of stuff. Their job in our giant ecosystem is not to repopulate the soil. Their job is actually to clear the soil, which allows grass to grow, which allows sheep and other cows and things like that to come in and repopulate the soil. So we have this amazing maintenance system in the world around us, but then we get into our own guts and we say, we're not that, we're not our poop. That's not a part of us. It's just some random thing. But you're a part of the world around you and now that I understand how to form healthy soil in a farm, yep. the ability to form healthy soil inside your body is important. We destroy soil outside of the human body by spraying glyphosate, which is a, a patented antibiotic. Yep. It, and they say oh, it can't affect humans because humans aren't bacteria, which is a false <laughs> statement. So we're destroying soil on a global basis. Yep. It, it's horrifying. Um, but destroyed soil outside the body leads to destroyed soil inside the body. Yep. Are you seeing healthy microbiomes in most of those 100,000 samples or are you seeing dysfunctional samples? It's very interesting. It's so difficult to find people who actually are healthy anymore because most people believe just because they don't see the symptom, they are healthy, Yeah. right? It's like they don't see the rashes on their skin, but we actually are able to see the rashes inside their gut. We see these inflammation, which is rashes, right? And once we see this inflammation, if we can suppress that, guess what? You can prevent the chronic diseases. If you can, even if you have a chronic diseases, you immune system, the body's immune system is amazing. It can kill cancer, it can repair itself. Only if it's not constantly struggling with what's going on inside your body. So if you can nurture the soil, which is your gut, and take care of these 40 trillion organisms, so they're providing you with the nutrients such as vitamins, the vitamin B, vitamin K, or short-chain fatty acid like butyrate that calms down the immune system and not producing things like lipopolysaccharides, ammonia, sulfides that are actually constantly causing inflammation, you can live healthy. Let's talk first about a couple of those compounds and then yep. about what inflammation does, some new science sure. that came out last week. Um, let's first talk about ammonia. Yeah. Uh, ammonia is something that anyone who has been on a high-protein diet like I tried in the 90s, yep. like all of us did when yep. we were led the wrong way yep. uh, by the American uh, standard American diet sort of food pyramid, saying, well, these like <laughs> carb-based diets don't work. Let's eat high-protein. Yep. Protein, when it ferments, turns into ammonia. What does mm-hmm. ammonia do in the body? <laughs> Well, look at what ammonia does to the outside world, right? You think it does any good to the outside world? It's super hard on the liver and kidneys, right? And that's one of the reasons high-protein diets are bad for you. There are many, including the fact that getting more than 20% of your calories. Fermentation of yeah. the protein is nasty for your body. Nasty. Yeah. Because the protein fermenters, they release sulfide. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody said. That fart smell is no fun. Yeah. <laughs> And in fact, anyone who's been in a gym full of bodybuilders knows exactly what Naveen's talking about there. Uh, And it happens on a high-protein diet, especially eating Mm -hmm. junk proteins like milk protein isolate. But when you've got your your protein fermenting in the gut, 
ammonia gets in there. But one thing ammonia does, it disrupts sleep quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the reasons when I formulated sleep mode, the Bulletproof supplement. Yep. And, and guys, yeah, I actually do make supplements that I wanted to take. So I have, I'm very happy to be able to tell you about it. Um, one of the reasons I put the amino acid ornithine in there is ornithine can help the body mm-hmm. clear ammonia. And so funny, if ammonia is your problem, yep. it might be beneficial for you. And if ammonia is not your problem, it's not going to harm you. So it's that little understanding, but not eating protein to the point that you're growing protein fermenters, using it as a building block, not a fuel source, is a fundamentally good thing to do. And you have the data now to show that. And that's exactly what we do. We look at at a biochemical level what mm-hmm. is happening inside the gut. And then we say, you know what? You really need to eat these supplements to actually reduce the impact of these biochemicals that are nasty mm-hmm. or don't eat these foods. So we have a choice of telling you not to eat the food or eat other supplements that will minimize the damage from the things that are being done and then tell you the foods that actually will be good for you to produce the nutrients, right? So it's not that broccoli is good for everyone. In fact, this whole idea of kale and spinach being good for everyone or the pomegranate juice or the blueberry being good for everyone, it turns out it's just not true. For me, the blueberry is not good. The blackberry is good. For me, the spinach and kale actually cause me harm because I can't. I don't produce enzymes in my gut that detoxify oxalate. Wait, did did you just say kale could be bad for you, Naveen? Oh my God, I'm going to. Do- you offended the Church of Kale. You can't say that. They're um, they're, they're going to like throw salad at you or something. I, I, but Dave, you offended the the Church of <laughs> all the protein high bodybuilders. So you've got a bigger problem. They're going to come and clobber you. I'm going to have to breathe the air in the gym. Uh, no, it, it's uh, it's funny. I have for years said we have a serious problem, especially with raw kale, and these raw kale smoothies are even worse. Uh, and it's because of oxalic acid. Yep. And in fact, I first announced that on the Joe Rogan show because he was basically pimping yep. Yep. Uh, th- these raw kale smoothies to people. I'm like, like so you're hey, banned guys. now from Joe Rogan. Oh, right? <laughs> there were other commercial reasons for that, but it was interesting because. And he's leading his listeners to do that. I think he backed off on that, um, and you became a, a coffee fan, yep. surprisingly, um, but. What was really interesting there is I said, guys, you got to at least cook it and get rid of this oxalic acid yeah. because a lot of people can't handle it. And even if you can handle it, it's probably not good for you. Yeah. Uh, and I, I went to great lengths to try to grow oxalate-eating bacteria. I got like one leaf of yeah. kale. You know what? Kale still tastes bad and kale still makes me inflamed. And I get muffin top from it. I yeah. get tired. I get sugar cravings. So if it works for you, it's probably okay. But I can tell you when I give it to my sheep, they spit it out. And same with my pigs. <laughs> They're not dumb, right? So – uh, but sometimes, you know, you, you can make it taste good for enough sugar on your kale uh, or bacon. Uh, now, okay, that, that was the oxalic acid thing. And the yep. fact that you have the data that yep. actually proves this thing going back five, six years when I was on, on the road show. The question you were cool. asking me there was, what have we learned new, right? So another thing we really learned is now we can see the signatures of the diseases just by looking at your gut microbiome, fancy way of saying it's your poop. We can see the onset of depression onset of obesity, diabetes, IBS, and then- Just from gut bacteria Just mix. from your gut bacteria mix. We can actually tell you you have IBS. We can tell you you have joint pains, you got arthritis. Right. And amazing things happen as you adjust through the micronutrients, and micronutrients come in the form of supplements and possibly even food. Yep. And then you're able to adjust the biochemical activities using artificial intelligence amazing things happen. We are able to, our hope is in the next five to 10 years, we're going to be sitting here and talking about and saying, 
I can't believe there was people 10 years ago who suffered through life. They had cancer and died. They had heart diseases. They didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> Our kids are going to laugh at us. You mean people took the drugs for the rest of their life because they yeah. just didn't know what or, to do? Or everyone ate the same diet? Yeah. Like, like, wouldn't I eat the diet that works for me? It, it's obvious, right? And mom and dad, by the way, had the same meal every day. They sat around the table and ate the same meal. You mean they didn't have the personalized, customized, 3D printed meal just printed for them and they sat and ate together? However, the meals were different for each person because it's going to be personalized. The idea of these consumer packaged goods are going to go away. There will be no packaged goods. Everything will be on-demand, personalized just for you. And customized. And customized for you, right? That is what you are doing amazing stuff because I really believe, Dave, the next 10 years, the idea of people having chronic disease is going to go away. And that's our mission to oh, yeah. create a world where being sick is a truly a matter of choice, not a matter of bad luck. And it will happen. 10 years from now, we won't be discussing this. Doesn't mean we won't have any other problem. Yeah. Our kids are going to talk about it and say, why do we have to speak to actually transfer our thoughts to another person. You mean you just had such a low bandwidth speaking <laughs> thing to transfer? You mean you didn't have a broadband 7G that just to everybody understood your thoughts and they were just done? And by yeah. the way, you were sat in the class for four years to learn from learn about the things. You didn't just upload their brain into them and you were done? <laughs> you know, the world is going to be so much cooler than it already is. And, and you can see the slope of change yeah. if you've worked on it for decades like you have. Yeah. And if you're, you're sort of new to this going, how could any of that be possible? I didn't see it last year. It's because things are happening four times faster this year than they were last year. And by the way, people don't understand the power of exponential doubling. People don't see when it's growing and when it hits the knee of the curve, people say, where did that come from? And a great example is a 3D printing. Mm -hmm. People think the 3D printing, something just new happened in the last four or five years. Now, what most people do not realize is 3D printing is 35 years old. Yeah. So much so that all the patents have expired. <laughs> it, it was pretty amazing. You and I were together uh, watching at SpaceX when they 3D printed a rocket yep. engine. I really they, that, that is such an advanced piece of engineering technology. That you, I see it. I'm just, you can't even speak. You're saying, how did we do that? Yeah. And it's happening across every industry, including the stuff you're doing at Viome. By the way, I was supposed to say this at the beginning of the show, uh, but I, I am an investor and very early advisor to Viome, uh, so I do have a financial interest in talking with you, Naveen. And, but Dave, you, you have to know that. <laughs> I, have, to know. I have a, I have a interest in just talking to you because every time I'm with you, first of all, I, I feel smarter. I learn so much and I just enjoy spending time with you. So there you have yeah. it. So we're we all self-interested. We hang out all the time, but but uh, we, we do get to spend a lot of time. I just, I, I'm making sure I go out of my yeah. way to say, hey, you know, this is a company I believe in enough to, uh, to put And by the way, you put in. your own money. It's not like you got something for free. No, no, I, I wrote a check because I'm like, this is going to be big. Uh, and so far, uh, you've, uh, you've, you've definitely met that, uh, uh, that belief that I had. Now, Earlier, we talked about something called lipopolysaccharides. Yep. This has been a massive focus for me when I was dealing with brain fog. Oh my God. So these are nasty mm. compounds made by gut bacteria mm. that cross the the gut barrier and cause- small, Especially the small molecules, yeah. Small molecules, yeah. right. And then they surprisingly raise 
LDL cholesterol in the blood, which will bind to them and help you get rid of them. They increase inflammation throughout the body, the subtle low-grade inflammation, mm -hmm. and are tied to just about every bad biological outcome that can be possible. Now, what are you finding with the Viome test raises lipopolysaccharides the most in people? Is there a common thing you've learned? So it's very interesting that we see, so in our uh, app now, in the that's coming out in the next, uh, you know, very, the if you look at the app, it, yeah. yeah, so if you, by the time people listen to the episode, this will already be there, we show you the actual production of butyrate, petrocin, uh, LPS, primary bile acid, secondary bile acid. We just go down and show you all these biochemicals that are being produced. And by the way, here is a food that will help you reduce this. Here is a food that will increase your butyrate. Here are the things you need for doing this. And everything is now connected purely math and chemistry. Right? Uh, we, we find is this LPS and all of the things like ammonia and sulfide, all the things that cause inflammation. In fact, we can even see when there is a lot of flagella, that means these bacteria are running away from this environment. They don't like what's going on here, right? And I want to just another bust another myth. People just somehow think this intermittent fasting or fasting for three or four days is just good for everyone. It may be good for some people, but anytime when you don't eat for a couple of days, here what happens? Those gut organisms... They get hungry. Oh, yeah. And they eat what's around them, which is your gut lining. So they love that mucin, that carbs, that carbs, they love that. They start eating that. And we see these bacteria metabolizing the you know, mucin, which is your gut lining. Mm -hmm. When you're not eating, you're fighting the evolution. And I can let me tell you something interesting. Every time you fight evolution, evolution wins. Evolution one, man zero. Every no. time. But I mean, evolution certainly included the ability for people to go without food because it happens quite a lot. It does, but it wasn't like three, four days. People now fast for three, four days. And so I, I talked with... Uh, and by the way, it works for some people, but I tell you, some people, we see them eating your gut lining, period. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I talked with uh, Dr. Gundry about yes. this. And he's a very well-respected uh, cardiologist, scientist, yes. robotic surgeon, and overall... Mm -hmm. You're kind of hard to hard hard to say this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, well, he says that intermittent fasting and fasting is awesome because it encourages the growth of a species called acromantia that lives in the gut lining that makes new mucus lining. So the production of that's there. But what I, I don't know, and I, I don't think that he knows, is what the right amount of time is. Because here's what happens. It's different my, for different people. That's the thing. Yes. So... I did in the, the creation yep. of the Bulletproof Diet, I, yep. I wanted, okay, no one put butter in coffee. No one was eating the, the ratios of fat I was talking about, but I'm like, this is born in the, the, the studies I'm reading. I'm just going to try it and see. So I got to the point where my, I could effortlessly control my cravings and my weight. And I said, all right, I'm going to try the Eskimo diet. This is the very early days of keto before keto was cool, but I want to really go all in. Mm -hmm. So I ate for three months only fat, and protein and one serving of broccoli a day, and the whole bro the whole the, the whole, whole serving, yeah, a, a whole serving of broccoli. That oh my god! It. So, so the idea was, you know, no carbs, a broccoli, no carbs at yeah, all, yeah. and mostly fat because yeah. hey, sure. Eskimos could do it. I should be able to do this, and I eat you know, lots of fish and whatever else. And what happened was that I developed a host of new food allergies. I started to wake up twelve times a night without knowing it, according to my sleep monitor. High anxiety. Uh, high anxiety. Uh, I. Hormones I, get out of balance. <laughs> yep, I felt hungover all the time. Yep. Uh, my libido yep. went down, uh, and 
that was bad news, but I, I did stay thin. And what happened is exactly what you described. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I ate through the gut bacteria. I developed leaky gut. Leaky you know there's gut. Church of Keto Diet people, right? There's what? There's Church of Keto no, Diet people. It's right next door to the Church of Vegan Diet. They're actually <laughs> very, very similar. I, I call it dirty keto. And and that's why the Bulletproof Diet, when I – this is like the first major big book that was like, yeah. hey, here's what, how to use keto strategically. Yeah. It was – you got to eat the right fats when you yep. do it, and you go in and out, in and out, mm-hmm. and you must eat tons of vegetables to feed your gut bacteria. And when you go out of ketosis, you're preventing this problem with the gut lining. Uh, so and that, by the way, those veggies are the ones that have fiber and feeding your acromensia. Yes, exactly. And and the issue, of course, we didn't know about acromensia and what it did yeah, back yeah. then, but you could tell from yeah. outcomes what to do with this. But the the question I have for you, intermittent fasting yeah. for 18 hours a day, that is not going to cause your gut bacteria to eat through your gut lining. Yeah. It'll probably cause a regeneration of it so you don't get like fungus growing sure, on sure. your gut lining. So you need the, that. And I think Dr. Gundry's right there. I, I'm, I'm in that camp. That's why I, I make a prebiotic yeah. for Bulletproof and all that. But do you know or do you think you'll be able to know from Viome how often I should intermittent fast? What yeah. the what? The, I mean, a forty-eight hour fast is so amazing. I feel so much better when I do that. Even a three-day fast, I'm good. I don't typically do ten-day fast or anything. Are you gonna be able to tell me how long to fast? Absolutely. So you know, you can now actually look at the circadian rhythm yeah. of your gut microbiome, and it's very interesting is that when your circadian rhythm of the gut microbiome goes off, you have a trouble sleeping. So mm-hmm. we, in fact, are doing a clinical trial of insomnia and people who have sleep disorders or what's happening inside their gut. In fact, we just, uh, you know, with very large, famous um, um, medical institute that most people might know that comes with the M word, but we can't quite say that quite yet. It's it's like a condiment you might put on a sandwich? (laughs) Mayonnaise? Yeah, something like that. That something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but something like that. But the point is... But but not ketchup. (laughs) But my point is, we're doing all these clinical trials now with large institutions, double-blind clinical trials, controlling for what the drug companies never did, understanding what's happening in your gut, mm-hmm. modulating it, and using the right intervention to be able to reverse, not manage, reverse things like depression, anxiety, autism. We're doing a 5,000 kids trial on autism. We're doing a trial for Parkinson's. We're doing a trial for PTSD with the first responders, right? Mm-hmm. So, And then we're doing a trial for obesity and diabetes and heart disease. And then we're looking at all the oncology space in the cancer space. We're doing colorectal cancer, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, and uh, pancreatic cancer. Wow. Because there was a research that came out out of NYU that showed that how pancreatic cancer is caused by the gut microbiome moving through the bile duct, getting into pancreas. What do these bacteria learn to do? They learn to control the immune system. Think about it. How are they able to live inside us? Because they tell the immune system, all good here, leave us alone. When they move to pancreas, what happens? These guys are now got a nice good place, got all the food they need in the pancreas. Cancer cells are always growing. Cancer cells are always being killed by our immune system. When the bacteria goes there, it tells the immune system to leave everything alone, and the cancer keeps growing. And this researcher saw that, put the antimicrobial thing directly into pancreas, kill the, kill the bacteria, next thing, immune system kill the cancer. So imagine that as we are seeing now, 
same thing is happening in the breast cancer. I believe the Cleveland Clinic and the Mayo Clinic published the research. They looked at 1,600 breast cancer tissue and find the microbiome in there. Now we're starting to do the same thing in Alzheimer. So if you look at the pathology of the people who had Alzheimer, they're all seeing the microbiome, massive overload of viruses and microbiome. And one thing, you know, I think most people don't realize that we look at viruses and phages and the viruses, not just the DNA viruses, but the RNA viruses, mm -hmm. and a lot of these plant viruses, the RNA viruses, and nobody had paid attention to them. And we are seeing that these raw vegan people that are eating healthy, they're eating all of those viruses, yeah. and they, by the way, are causing massive amount of damage the, in the gut. The raw vegan diet, I, I was really devout on that before I, I was kind of forced to go down the bulletproof path. Uh, it trashed me. And it was, and I hear this over and over and over. And you, you hear these sort of you know, real happy twenty-three-year-olds, full of energy. They're spending way faster than they should. Going, look, my life is so good. And then they get caught with a picture of them eating fish or an egg because they're starving, and then they feel guilty about it. And then they say, actually, sorry, it didn't work. And it, it's a common thing. Mm -hmm. um, what do you see amongst the gut bacteria people who are strict vegans or raw vegans? So we actually see tons of these uh, plant viruses. Yep. And these plant viruses, the interesting thing about these viruses are they're actually able to cross the gut lining without having to have a permeability into the gut. Without a leaky gut, the viruses know how to cross through the cells. And mm -hmm. these guys go in the blood and they store all kinds of inflammation. Right, so we see the people who are on all of these plant diet, raw vegan diet, or the plant diets. We see tons of overlaid of viruses. In fact, when we look at the people who have who are sick, and people who are healthy, we see a massive amount of viral overload. By the way, one of the things that nobody has ever paid attention to it is the bacteriophages. So I'm going to tell you, in nature, there are 40 times more phages than other organisms. Talk about other. what a phage is. A lot of people don't know what that is. Well, you are the expert. I mean, Russians and Dave Asprey are the expert on bacteriophages. <laughs> I don't know that I'm an expert, but I do know that you, you call old Russian scientists when yeah. you want to know about phages, yeah. some of whom have the best samples of them in their household <laughs> freezers uh, for years when they shut research on these down. But these are essentially... Uh, viruses? Uh, uh, viruses that eat bacteria. That, Only, that in fact, on bacteria. the bacteria. Yeah, so, so you can fight bacteria with phages. And the Russian uh, uh, scientists and doctors had actually developed hundreds and hundreds of phage species. So if you had this bacteria, you take this virus that kills the bacteria. And these are common in soil. They're everywhere. But you just have to know which ones to use. And then when they lost funding, a lot of times they like, we, we can't afford the electricity for the labs. So they just lost decades of work. It's but here's the interesting part. That would be the best way instead of taking broad-based antibiotics that oh, yeah. kills everything. These phages will be precision missile that will kill a specific set of organism. If that is becomes suddenly becomes path pathogen, you can kill that organism as opposed to taking antibiotics. The idea of throwing a nuclear bomb inside your body is going to completely yeah. go away. And as someone who spent 15 years on antibiotics just about every month because I had these chronic sinus infections, which were caused by the environment around me, uh, I'm probably still dealing with that. Uh, in fact, when I talk with the uh, Viome uh, lead researchers, yeah. like you know, you, you're showing a, a pretty darn healthy gut bacteria, but we your gut uh, biome, but we can still see that you're someone who had heavy due to antibiotic treatment earlier in life because it it echoes. Yeah. What I don't know though, uh, should I be? doing a fecal transplant? Are you going to be able to tell someone, hey, we have a fecal transplant matching service. This one client over here in you know, Lithuania has the perfect poop for you. All you need is going to mail you. Like, like, Actually, is this going to happen? It, it, well, so the <laughs> thing is, you know, 
this microbial transplant or fecal microbiome transplant or fecal matter transplant, this is a very crude way of taking it, yeah. right? You take someone else's the whole ecosystem plant inside you. That means for all practical purposes, you're taking all of their phenotype and giving yourself. That means they have depression, tendency to get overweight, all that stuff, now you get. Everything that they yeah. have, you get. But here's the worst part. Their ecosystem is based on the diet they ate. And, and on their mitochondria. And, and their mitochondria their biology, and what right. environment, right? Now you put them in a completely different environment, feed them a completely different thing, that completely changes. So this idea of Eskimo diet or paleo diet, you remember, yeah, you want to eat like your ancestors, have your gut microbiome like their ancestors. That's apparently not true because we kill them all through antibiotics, living in the sterile environment, and suddenly we have this gut microbiome that does absolutely no good anymore, and you can eat like the ancestors without having a gut microbiome of ancestors, and that sucks. It it really does suck, and, and this whole eat like your ancestors thing, or my favorite... I'm going to get all my nutrients from my food. Like You've got to eat the same food your ancestors ate, which was more nutritionally rich. You should have the gut bacteria of your ancestors, and you should only get toxins from Mother Nature. Yeah. Oh, and no glyphosate anywhere. And you're like, wait, hold on. None of that exists yeah. anymore. So we've got to adapt to it. But I think measuring what's going on in the gut the way Viam does is, uh, is it's a, a critical I mean, it's and crucial step. And I do mine about every four, every three to six months, I'd, I'd say. So I, my goal is four times a year, but sometimes I'm too lazy to do it. Uh, and uh, the reason for that is I'd like to see what happens over time when yep. I make changes. Absolutely. We talked about inflammation a little bit, yeah. but I didn't get to mention the new study that came out. This is a study in computational biology. This just came out very recently. And uh, I'm actually going to cover the study on the show uh, coming up here because it was so fascinating. They figured out that they could look at inflammatory cytokines. Mm -hmm. So if yep. your gut bacteria is wrecked, you have these viruses causing inflammation or you have lipopolysaccharides or LPS coming through the gut lining, it'll cause all sorts of mm -hmm. inflammatory markers in the body to go up and you get chronic low-grade inflammation just like I lived with yep. for many yep. years. Well, what they found is they could look at the type and abundance of inflammatory markers in the body mm -hmm. and accurately predict depression. Yep. And this is what's cool about it. They found out that those cytokines cause the body to automatically downregulate dopamine production. Now, so actually, it's yeah. very interesting study. I can give you even better than that. Okay. So what we see is the people who have depression, the same tryptophan pathway that we're all familiar with, the tryptophan normally can get converted into things like serotonin. But when there is a low-grade chronic inflammation, it takes a different path, puts it starts to produce something called chironin acid. Mm -hmm. And that chironin acid actually causes neuroinflammation. In fact, it's shown not just for depression, but also for Alzheimer. And that paper is going to be coming out very soon. I just looked at the paper. Oh, very cool. So it's going to start showing you that even the people who are depressed when they become suicidal, it is the increase in the ratio of the chironin acid to the KMO that actually causes them to change their behavior completely. So this inflammation thing that you're talking about is absolutely for real. And what we're going to do, Dave, that I think we haven't quite shared with anyone yet is the next text we are going to be launching is going to be looking at the blood at a full blood with a finger prick blood, we'll be doing a complete RNA sequencing. That means all the genes that are being expressed in your blood and you get with the whole blood, not just the plasma, the whole blood, 
you get the mitochondrial gene expression, which is the ancient bacteria, which is different from your own DNA, and all of the blood cell gene expression. And since the nucleus is the white blood cells, you get all of the cytokine transcripts at no additional cost. Whoa, and this is only at like $199 right now. That, that $199, you'll be able to see all the cytokine transcripts <laughs> All of the human Tens gene of expression. Thousands of dollars on that data. Oh human cell gene expression, mitochondrial gene expression. When is this coming out? It's going to be coming out in the next couple of months. Ah, We're already okay. doing it for thousands of people. I, I know I submitted my sample to be part of the original study, just, yeah. but I never, you know, I don't get to see the results on that. Okay. Uh, that has me, I didn't realize it was going to be the same price. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's cool. Um, well, here's what the authors of that, the computational yeah. biology study found. They found that the reduction in dopamine was probably our body's response to tell us to slow down so we could heal from whatever caused the inflammation. But what it does instead is it directly sucks willpower. And they actually say it there. Yeah, of course. And this was it's the, a reward system. It, it's the thesis behind Headstrong. It's, yeah. Hey, when you eat so that you lower inflammation, you make when you make mitochondria work better, which are bacteria, yeah. they that by definition lowers inflammation. So when you do that, you have more energy, you have more willpower. Well, it turns out your dopamine, your reward system yeah. that makes you get up and go and do exciting things, you probably have stupidly high dopamine levels, Naveen, because you're always excited about everything you do. It's cool. Uh, but uh, whatever your dopamine levels are, if you had inflammation chronically, they would drop and then your zest for life yep. goes down. And so what's going on here is you eat the wrong food. Yep. It causes bad bacteria to grow. It suppresses good bacteria and it creates inflammation. I'm going to correct you, Dave. It's down. not about good bacteria or bad bacteria. Your gut ecosystem producing the bad stuff and the good stuff, not them being good or bad. It's mm. the ecosystem. My point is the whole ecosystem yeah. that produces, because remember, they eat each other's stuff, right? It, it's a fair point. It, it's like going into a, a, a jungle yeah. and, and saying, yeah. what's the species that creates oxygen? Right. You're saying, well, there's many of them. And if you don't have the ones that eat dead plant matter that don't create oxygen, you won't have oxygen creation down the road. So fair point. It, yeah. it is clearly a biological yeah. system. However, when a system gets yeah. out of whack, it's yeah. usually because there's too many bad guys and not enough good guys. Good. So fair. you whack the bad guys. Sure. And really, your gut's supposed sure. to do that by itself. Yeah. And it does if you eat the right stuff. So what you're doing is you're putting the right inputs to the system yep. to nudge the system towards the outcome you want. Yeah. Um, even if you don't even know all the variables that are that are that's in right. the steps in the middle. That's why black box biology. And black box is a computer science term. Yeah. Uh, the idea is we don't know what's going on inside there. All we know is that we have the ability to put things in the top of the box and things come out the bottom. How the heck do you solve that problem? Well, that's what computer hackers do. And what you're doing there is, is you're literally hacking the gut because you're saying we're teasing apart some of these pathways. There's a lot we don't know, but, but we, we know you do A, you get the B. Box. Yeah. But it's, it's no longer, I mean, the black box actually now you're op able to open up the box, see what's there, and use the AI to be able to actually manipulate them at a molecular level. It's, it's literally not just input and output and the black box. You're able to now look at the machinery inside and to be able to say, okay, let's change this pathway. Let's change that pathway so you get the right output. Right. And analyzing those pathways was never possible before until now. And that, wow. to me, is a real breakthrough. Well, Naveen, I have fun with you every time you come on the show. I get even more excited about all kinds of things uh, than, I, uh, than I was before. Uh, and that happens. We get to go out to dinner after this. So th thanks for being a, a frequent guest on the show. Always something new to say. 
Uh, and just thanks for being a friend and advisor. And uh, I'm I'm happy that I can call you when I want to talk about gut bacteria or you know the best way to help a company succeed. You've you've done both many times for me. Uh, so thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing your knowledge and just continuing to make company after company to do good things. Uh, I know you don't have to do that. You just do it because you want to, and that's cool. Well, Dave, first of all, I get to work with the smartest people like you in this field. And secondly, everyone who's listening to it must find their own moonshots. And if you don't have your moonshot, and if you can't w- jump out of the bed in the morning when you wake up, you're working on something wrong. Do things that you enjoy so much that you cannot wait to start your day. And when you do that, you will find joy and you'll find energy. So all I can tell you is find the moonshot and find me on moonshots. <laughs> uh, speaking of finding you on moonshots, uh, the, the two things that you want to know about uh, on the show today, one, if you are new to Viome, V-I-O-M-E is where to go for that, viome.com slash Dave. Um, but the other thing that's really important, your podcast, Moonshots, has just been released, and you're a really inspirational guy. You have great guests on, and I am a guest on your show very soon here. So if you're following Bulletproof Radio, you're subscribed, thank you, on iTunes. You want to go over right now, search for Moonshots, Naveen Jane. You'll find it and subscribe to that show. Download the first couple episodes. Download mine. We'll talk about cool stuff you didn't hear about here. You want to be inspired? This is the man. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.